Good morning, and this is the first official Shooter Shoot Basketball podcast, and I am your co-host, Kenneth the Meneth Cotterell, and I'm joined here today by, by my good friend and co-host, Jet the Birdman Folk. Jet, how are you doing today? Oh, you know, I can't complain. I've been waiting for this day for a long time. Yeah, it's definitely been something that we've been wanting to launch for a long time, and uh, we're happy to bring it to you. So uh, this podcast is primarily about basketball. Uh, a lot of it is around the NBA, some NCAA once March Madness rolls around, go Blue Devils. And uh, yeah, so we're going to jump right in and discuss uh, some of the latest topics. Uh, we're going to start with the NBA Finals. So uh, Jet, we're, what were your thoughts as the resident Golden State Warriors <laughs> fan of the pod? Oh man, how did I know this was going to happen? Um... Well, first and foremost, you got to say congratulations to the Toronto Raptors. Any any team that gets its first franchise championship, that's huge. And to do it for an entire country of Canada, like, I got to see those Jurassic Parks on TV. I even attended one of the games at a theater, and that was incredible. The place was chanting as if we were actually at the game. It was nuts. Um, but when it comes to actually breaking down that series, Kawhi Leonard, man. Can we talk about Kawhi Leonard? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the claw, the claw was pretty elite. The entire, not just this series, but I mean, when you're looking at back to the Philly with the shot, and I mean, Nick Nurse making that adjustment in the Bucks series. You know, they're down two zero and to rattle off four straight just by putting Kawhi covering Giannis. That was that was great to see. I remember actually watching uh, at my best friend's house uh, that dunk where Lowry went under the hoop. Threw it to uh, Kawhi running in, and he just dunked on Giannis of all people. Like that, that was where I was like, "Holy crap! These guys are cu- gonna come in and beat my guys!" <laughs> like, yeah, that definitely was uh, a great, great couple series leading in. And I mean, the one thing that I found interesting about that series was five of the six games were won by the road team. And I mean, it you know those teams seemed like all year they they were pretty solid at home, and I was thinking that. You know, Toronto would have to win the first couple and maybe steal one at Golden State. And, you know, Golden State took game two from them. And then suddenly the Raps won game three and four. And I think everyone was was kind of shell-shocked at that point. Well, yeah, there was it was such a weird series in that, like, so first of all, I'm not going to use injuries as an excuse. Every team gets injuries. That's the way it goes. But uh, when you factor in the amount of how beaten up both teams were and then to have such failure at home court on both sides, it just made no sense to me. I didn't understand because the Raptors all year, that was like, you go up to Canada, you lose, you go back home. And then with the Warriors, well, we've seen four years of dominance in Oracle. So, oh yeah. I mean, it seemed like the Warriors were near untouched at home uh, throughout their entire dynasty because they are a dynasty. I mean, they they won multiple titles in, in a pretty short span. And I mean, yeah, the injuries the injuries are definitely a factor. I mean, like KD was lights out in that game five before oh. he went down, and I mean that's that's just a cringy injury to look at because I mean it looked like his leg just exploded from within. Uh, yeah, I I didn't like watching the the close up video, I, and it came out so quick, right? So like everybody's so quick with social media, and it's already out there. And like I saw it on my phone, I was like, "Man, that's gross." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was pretty brutal. And I mean, Clay also was going off in Game Six. Like it honestly looked like he was gonna have fifty that game. Like Game Six, Clay usually does. And 
I mean, that wasn't a dirty play by Green at all. He just went up trying to block it, and it's just an unfortunate thing that happens in sports. But I think the other thing that we got to touch on is definitely how how deep the Raptors team really was. I mean, yeah. I, I said before the series started that, I mean, Clay and Steph, uh, they were probably going to average 60. Uh, it turned out that they ended up averaging 56 on the series, but it was... It was who was going to step up and actually help them. And, I mean, Cousins did in Game 2 and then was a near non-factor. Iggy, I know, was hobbled. Looney, I mean, shout out to him for even playing with that with that injury. I mean, that just shows the stones on that guy. But, I mean, the Raptors, the Raptors just seem to have uh, the depth on their side. I mean, Ibaka was huge. Fred Van Vliet was huge. Oh, man. Unreal. I, I mean, I... I I tweeted out after Game Two of the Bucks series saying that uh, Jeremy Lin should get some minutes over Fred Van Vliet, and uh, that definitely that tweet did not age well. That's probably up Wasn't there. Wasn't the next night? Oh, it was the iciest of cold tweets, oh. and uh, I, I had tweeted it at Leo Routens of all people. Shout out to him uh, for being there for that Raptors ride. But yeah, he. He he pretty much put me in my place that night, and I said, "Well, we'll see, we'll see how that goes." And uh, clearly, didn't work out in my favor, but I wasn't too upset about it. I mean, I was there for Game Six. We were in Mosaic Stadium here in Regina, and there was there was over ten thousand people there, and some showed up for riders beforehand. But it was it was all Raptors fever after that. I know I was high fiving some police officers after they won that game. Might have had a couple wobbly pops here and there, but. Uh, Definitely was a, a pretty surreal uh, thing to be at. And, I mean, yeah, shout out to the Raptors for, for winning the title and yeah. getting their just due because they had a lot of tough years there of losing to LeBron. And, yeah, so, I mean, that that's kind of the wrap-up of the finals. I mean, what we're really looking forward to now is, is things moving forward. Because, oh, man, the draft got me so hyped. Yeah, I mean, like, that NBA draft, like, what were your thoughts on uh, on the draft as a whole? Like, what about well, Zion? And... Yeah, you, gotta, you have to start with Zion Williamson, first and foremost. Like, look, I think he's going to be the next big NBA icon. And that not, that's not to say he's the next face of the league. I'm not going that far. But I am going to say, like, you know, Steph Curry, that's an icon. Kawhi Leonard doesn't even talk. That's an icon. You know what I mean? There are big-name players. Giannis, there's another one that are icons in the league. I, he's the next big one. Like the, I don't even think it's comparable. It, granted, you know what? Respect to Jean Morant. That kid's sick. He's very, very good at basketball. But Zion's got something about him. He's just got this air of, like, he's not cocky. He's, well, obviously incredible at basketball. And any dude that can jump out of the gym, like, sign me up. Love it. Love the kid. I mean, like, you can just see that guy's just dripping with swag everywhere that he walks. Like, he's, he's kind of got that little bit of a little bit of a stroll. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you could see it on draft night. The kid was just, he was grateful for wh- where he went. And, I mean, he's even been saying the days after the draft how excited he is to be there. And I really hope that, that he does stick around for a long time because... I mean, New Orleans has had some some stars leave, like obviously Anthony Davis, which we'll touch on in a little bit here, just mm-hmm. left. But Chris Paul leaving to head to the Clippers yeah. should have been the Lakers. But I mean, you know that that's a topic for another day. Yeah, that but, wouldn't make time <laughs> just yet. <laughs> yeah, not yet. But 
I mean, I, I really liked Morant going to Memphis. I mean, another thing that we're going to be touching on is Connolly uh, getting traded there. But, yeah, definitely Morant seems like a point guard that you can build around. He He's great at all facets of the game. And, uh, I mean, Memphis really needs a star there. They've got a lot of, of young guys and a couple vets there, and they just kind of need that star to – to help them with this rebuild that they're going to be going through. I think my favorite thing about John Morant is that the the kind of running uh, comparison that he's been getting lately is Russell Westbrook. But everybody's saying, like, yeah, he's like a better Russell Westbrook. <laughs> I just think that's so funny. Like, triple-double king to suddenly the second pick in the draft is a better version of you. Like, what happened? Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, the other one that, that I think is going to be great is I think R.J. Barrett really going to the Knicks. I mean, the second those rumors started coming out that the Knicks were enamored with him, I mean, you saw him on talk shows and everything yeah. saying how excited he was to go there and how he was going to be the the savior of the franchise and everything like I think that's great for a young kid to have that kind of confidence also a Canadian boy so a little bit biased on that one but well and he loved the Knicks growing up oh yeah for sure and I mean that's definitely uh the place that he wanted to go and I think it's definitely going to benefit him uh uh moving forward with the Knicks but uh so you know the draft has come and gone and uh you know there was a lot of trades that happened and everything but uh who do you think were were the biggest winners on draft night jet uh like so don't get me wrong there were a lot of winners when it came to draft night i thought there was a lot of teams that did some nice stuff uh you know teams like um well i mean memphis getting getting jaw uh other teams loaded up with future picks uh, one guy that you're maybe not as sold on as I am, uh, with Kevin Porter Jr. down in Cleveland, like, I think that might pan out to be nice, but we'll see, right? It's, it's tough to assess. It's pretty early and he's a bit of a head case, but, uh, my biggest winner has to be the New Orleans Pelicans. They won the lottery. They won the draft. They got Zion, man. That's huge. And then to, to make that trade that ended up turning into Jackson Hayes, who they wanted anyways, that's like wow yeah. i mean Hayes. if i think he's out of texas the kid kid looks like he can jump and uh i mean them adding lonzo as well and some of these other guys like Lonzo's going to be tossing lobs to zion and Hayes, and that might be the new lob city mm-hmm. in the league i think my big winner for me was definitely atlanta mm-hmm. um i i look at their last two drafts i mean the the swap last year of Doncic and trey young was kind of a just a I mean, they both could have been rookie of the year, so it was oh, kind of sure. kind of a trade off there. But I mean, I look look at what they added this year. I mean, they traded up for DeAndre Hunter, who I think is a really good prospect uh, out of Virginia. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they already had John Collins on the roster. They also added Cam Reddish, who a lot of people were pretty mm-hmm. critical of, and I mean that was fair because he was pretty inconsistent throughout the year, but. It's tough to stay consistent when you've got the number one and number three picks ahead of you on that team. Well, the thing about Reddish that I keep hearing is that he kind of got buried in Duke. And, I mean, to be fair, I, you know, you and I both kind of have a liking for the Duke Blue Devils. So we got to just, see just quite a, a bit of it. Just a slight <laughs> liking to the Blue and Devils. Un- unfortunately, Coach K has his ways and he wants to develop his team the way he wants to develop his team. Like... It's not that he uh, doesn't have a focus on player development, but he he also wants to win, right? 
And in order to do that, somebody's got to be the first option, somebody's got to be the second option. He just happened to be that third option, and he was kind of forced into a role that I don't think he's supposed to be in. In that spot-up shooter, sit in the corner, whatever, that's that's not going to be his style. And I think Atlanta's going to give him a little bit more of a leash coming down the road. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm looking at the guys in front of him. I mean, they've got him listed as power forward here on on the depth chart I'm looking at, but I could see him playing some small forward. He could even play some shooting guard. And I mean, if if you watched, there was a couple games this year. The one in particular for me was when he was playing uh, Florida State in that historic Duke comeback. But Mm -hmm. I mean, Reddish was the one where they they were finding him for for long threes. He looked like he had Kevin Durant like range. Like, and I mean, when when his confidence is there, he's definitely a guy that that they could be building around in the future. And, I mean, uh, I definitely think that he can flourish in Atlanta. It's a little bit of a smaller market. No more RJ and Zion in your shadow. You know, everyone's going to be focused on Trey Young and Collins and, I mean, even Hunter going ahead of him. So I think him kind of sitting sitting in the back a bit and just kind of figuring out the league is going to be huge for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jet, who do you think the biggest loser was on draft night? This is one that I've been really <laughs> looking forward to. Yeah, uh I'm a little bit critical of the entire league on this one. Uh, Since I first started assembling my thoughts on this point, though, uh, I have learned a little bit of knowledge on it. However, I'm going to stick to it. Uh, Bowl, bowl, being passed on by every single team, and some teams twice, I think was a big whiff on the league. Uh, We're talking about a guy that's 7'3", he's got a 7'8 wingspan, and when healthy, like, he's... He was the number five prospect or number four or something like that coming out of high school. Yeah, the guy like, was... And when you when you watch him play, he's you don't see guys over seven feet move like that. You don't like he looks fluid. He looks like he's moving properly, and it's not like that clunky. You know, like Taco Fall. <laughs> like like it's like like he doesn't like he runs athletically. That that he does. And actually, f- fun fact: I did see that Taco Fall did get picked up by uh, the Celtics. Yeah, good for a- him. After the draft, and I think uh, you know, I don't know if he's ever going to make the league, but he's definitely someone. Uh, shout out to Chan in our fantasy football league. <laughs> he's he's the biggest Taco Fall fan out there, and I mean, uh, he could definitely be someone though where uh, he could flourish overseas or even in, play in the G League for a couple years, maybe figure out the shot a little bit more and. You know, he will play professional basketball. I just don't know if it's at the NBA level. Yeah, I mean those seven six guys. I mean outside of like Bobble's son or son father, <laughs> <laughs> Minute, as well as uh, guys like Yao Ming. Those are those are kind of you know. Yeah, they're the outliers. They're not the rule in yeah. as far as that yeah, goes. For sure. um, I'm definitely going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here because my loser was definitely the Cleveland Cavaliers because. Mm-hmm. Because I've got no idea what this franchise is thinking right now. I mean, if you're looking at them right now, they've got the second highest salary going into next season, and they're coming off 19 wins. Not only did they only have 19 wins last year, they drafted... Now, to be fair, I'm a big fan of Garland, but you just drafted Colin Sexton last year. So you're going point guard, point guard. Okay, well, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, considering... You're going to be starting Jordan Clarkson at shooting guard. Yeah, that's a great one. Played on those historic Lakers 20-win teams. Oh, yeah, throwing it back. And, I mean, instead you're going to be having, yeah, guys like Clarkson, Nawaba, 
is going to be starting at the small forward, and you're telling me that you've got guys there like Jarrett Culver and Reddish, and and you pass on them to add another point guard to the Cavaliers roster? Yeah. I mean, guys, I get it. Like LeBron left, but come on. Yeah. At some point, like you got to be thinking. We have a need at every position outside of Kevin Love, and we need to start addressing these because, I mean, winning 19 games, they may not even win 19 games this year Mm. because they haven't made any improvements, and it just just doesn't seem like there's going to be any end in sight. I get it, you're in cap jail because you've got guys like Tristan Thompson and Brandon Knight on the books, and I mean, after this year... I mean, you're still only losing nine mil off of that. Like, yeah. So, well, I do think that th- this is just a quick note, but I do think that there's a good chance that you end up seeing Kevin Love moved. Yeah, I mean, but. I think they had to make that signing uh, right after LeBron left just to keep people in the seats because they they honestly could have folded at that point. It, it was so bad. <laughs> they were Cleveland Browns bad. <laughs> Shout out to the Browns for finally <laughs> picking it up, and we're looking forward to them making the playoffs this year. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll agree to disagree on that one. But uh, so, so that's a kind of our draft recap. You know, there's definitely a lot of teams that made some moves, but it was the trades that were made before and even on draft night that that I really want to touch on. Because I mean, the first one is is obviously the Anthony Davis move. Uh, the Lakers uh, they gave up. Uh, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, the fourth pick. They gave up a 2021 protected first, but the Pelicans get it if it's top eight. Otherwise, unprotected pick in 2022. They got a 2023 unprotected and a 2024 unprotected first. I mean, which the Pelicans are thinking we might have hit the lottery on that one. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at the Pelicans right now, like, I think that they're going to win this trade hands down unless the Lakers actually get a championship in the next couple years because they, they've essentially done... I, I, I like to compare this trade a lot to what uh, the Celtics and Nets did a number of years ago. Obviously, Anthony Davis is far better than a washed-up Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. Yeah. But, I mean, you, you've essentially sacrificed your next five years in order to go after it. And yeah. to be fair, we, we did see over the last five or six years that the Lakers are not a franchise that wants to be in rebuild mode ever. No. I mean, I <laughs> not mean, a big fan. I mean, if you look over the last 30 years, they've, yeah. they've just always added free agents. It's never been... Uh, been an issue for them being in La La Land. We'll do that, but yeah. uh, Jet, what are your thoughts on that deal? Well, I think um, anytime, <clears throat> pardon me, anytime you uh, trade away the better player, and in this case, like significantly better player, um, I don't know that I can crown you the winner. But I also don't think I can call the other team a loser here. Like they got an army, essentially, for one guy, and it's. When, when you already know that you've got a superstar coming in in Zion, because they knew they had that pick, you, it's a little bit easier to trade a guy like Davis, right? So, um, you know, they, they got what they could. Uh, to be honest, I thought they could have got a little bit more earlier, but it is what it is. Uh, they got what they could at the time, and uh, as far as the Lakers go, you just got the best big man in the game, in my opinion. It's between him or Jokic. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I'd have him beat in the mix, but he's so hurt all the time. You know, whatever. Just constantly got the Twitter fingers. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I mean, I, I agree with that. They definitely got the best player uh, in this trade. I mean, the other key to this trade as well is that uh, they didn't have to give up Kuzma because 
if they would have given up Kuzma on top of that as well, I think that would have been, I mean, just having LeBron and Davis, and even if you add a third star, like we saw it this year with the Warriors, I mean, yeah, you can have four guys, but if you don't have anyone else behind it, then you definitely are going to be in some trouble if injuries start to set in, which they do in sports as we know. But yeah. Much like any other team historically, the best versions of their teams tend to have a bench. Yeah. And another thing to note was also uh, the Lakers yesterday, they threw in uh, Mo Wagner, uh, Bonga, and Jones to the Wizards as a part of that deal. Right. So that's going to free up some more that cap room. right around when uh, uh, AD cleared his... Yeah. yeah, his trade kicker, that $4 million, so that opened up the cap room, right? Yeah, I think that puts them at around 32 mil, which is enough for them to uh, land a third a third free agent uh, yeah, max star one. for them. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, that's definitely going to be great for them. Uh, the next trade that I think was actually a lot bigger than people realized was the Mike Connolly uh, leaving for the Utah Jazz in exchange for Grayson Allen. We are not a Grayson Allen hater on this podcast. <laughs> no, no Grayson uh, Allen hater here. Do not DM us. Kyle Korver, uh, Jay Crowder, the 23rd pick, which ended up being Dar- Darius Basley, and a uh, protected 2021st Jet. Right away, I think uh, Utah finally got that point guard that they've been needing. Yeah, well, and the thing about Utah that you got to keep in mind, it's a smaller market, and it's tough enough for those guys to get stars in there. Usually, they're much like the Toronto Raptors, they usually have to draft a guy, you yeah. know, to, to have a real legitimate star. And so to bring in a guy like Conley, um, he's always on that cusp of, like, almost all-star, you know, like... And you got to respect him. He's, he's a good player, a uh, little bit of health issues. But, um, yeah, he's going to be a, a nice little pair with Donnie Mitchell. And you know I like Donnie. Yeah, Don, Donnie's a stud. I think we can all agree on that. And, I mean, let's just talk about the fact that we no longer have to watch Ricky Rubio run the point <laughs> position in Utah because that guy is scoring and defensively inept. And, I mean, that's... So does he come off the bench? Uh, as far as I've heard, I don't think that they plan on having him moving forward, which um, oh. I don't think that they're shedding too many tears in Utah. Because that's 15 mil on their books. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. And I mean, uh, Conley is going to give Mitchell that scoring help that they need, as well as a solid defensive point guard, because Conley is a great two-way point. Uh, I mean, the Grizzlies here, they're adding a couple vets. I think... Kyle Korver seems like a buyout candidate to me. Like, he might be one of those guys that ends up on the Lakers when things are set yeah, and done. Yeah, I don't think that would shock anyone. I don't think that's really a big shocker. And then, uh, I mean, they've got some young stars there with uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., who, to me, was the third best rookie last year uh, behind uh, Doncic and yeah, Trey Young. Yeah, showed a ton of potential. Yeah, he's right up there with Aiton, too. Yeah. And, I mean, also, Grayson was never going to play in Utah. I mean... Let's face it, he was stuck behind too many guys yeah. there. Might might be able to win out a job. He might play some, some time in the D, G League, sorry. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this could be a rebirth for him as well. Uh, we saw Tony Snell and uh, the 30th pick got moved to Detroit for John Luer. I mean, this one cleared a little bit of room for yeah. Milwaukee, a couple mil. And, I mean... <laughs> you actually did a better job of selling it to me than the team did. Because when I first saw it, I was like, what is... 
you you traded cap for other cap. Like <laughs> I don't know what this is for. I mean, yeah, like it, it gives him a couple mil less. I mean, the thirtieth pick. Let's face it, it's not really a desired pick. It's essentially a second rounder at well, that point. Well, and that point. turned into what Kevin Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah, and I mean that'll be that'll be an okay pick. I think you're a little bit higher on <laughs> yeah. him than I am, but. <laughs> I mean, yeah, th- this trade's all about them clearing the room to sign Middleton to a to a long-term deal. Uh, I think they're going to be overpaying him from everything that I've heard, because to me, he's just an Eastern Conference All-Star. Yeah. What I mean by that is that I don't think he would have cracked the Western uh, yeah. All-Stars last year. I mean, considering well, guys like Donnie Mitchell, DeMar DeRozan, Rudy Gobert, they all weren't All-Stars last year, yet the East had Vucevic and, and, and again, what Middleton. comes into play, like we were just talking about with Mike Conley in Utah, and we were talking about like the Raptors with having to draft guys. This is the same thing in Milwaukee. They have to kind of overpay to keep guys. They do. They definitely do because there's just other places that are more desirable to live. They're yeah. able to, you know, sell sell them on the community and everything. And yeah, it's definitely they got to overpay uh, for guys. Although I will say their success this year in the regular season and getting to that East final that'll play a factor into him wanting to stay for, for sure. Yeah, they need to find a third guy because I don't know if Bledsoe is necessarily that guy. Um, I think a team's going to pay heavy on Malcolm Brogdon, and I don't know if they're going to have the the book to actually do it. No, I agree there. Um, and then we had Minnesota. They traded the 11th pick, which ended up being Cameron Johnson, who I'm pretty high on, but, I mean, they got shredded by the media for it. <laughs> and uh, Sarich as well to Phoenix for the 6th pick, which ended up being Jarrett Culver. Um, I, just to comment on this one, I'm not really sure what Minnesota's doing. I mean, they gotta hate that Wiggins contract. The league's pretty, pretty against Andrew Wiggins as a whole. They think he's a little bit of a baby and everything. And Well, and we were discussing prior to the short two, there's already rumblings that he might be out the door. Exactly. And, and that's the only reason why I can think they traded up for Culver, because, I mean... This is just like the first sign that he must be leaving. Um, Phoenix reached a bit on Cam Johnson, and I mean he's he's a bit older, and a lot of guys, you know, they get enamored with the freshmen's and the sophomores. But I mean Cam Johnson, he's a six nine guy. He's a great shooter. I think he's he's got a Clay Thompson like release. Like he's definitely got the three pointer down. He shot over forty percent in college last year, which is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. I mean it's unfortunate that he's in Phoenix, but does the Sarge part do anything for you? Uh, Sarge does a little bit for me. I, we're going to touch on this in a little bit, but I've got a free agent going there that I think is going to replace him as the starter at the power forward position. I just feel like the Sarge ships sailing. Like, like there is a little bit of hype on the kid, uh, about two years ago and it's just. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, the last one that I want to touch on is, uh, the, the Kent Bazemore and Evan Turner trade was definitely one that was, uh, pretty big for both teams. Like. I I give the slight edge to Portland here because I think they got the better player in Bazemore. Um, one of the things that I think Portland missed in the playoffs was they just didn't have enough shooting. I think Bazemore is a better shooter than Turner, so yeah. it gives them a little bit more there. Well, Turner um, ended up being almost, like, I hate to say it, but, like, useless. Like, yeah, he, really yeah he, he was a non-factor, especially in that Golden State series. Yeah. But I, I think Turner Turner's going to bring a lot to the table as far as the leadership role in Atlanta because the guy has played 
Uh, he, he was a top pick. If I'm not mistaken, I think he was two or three in his draft. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they've got, got some young guys there that are coming in, and he could be a great mentor for them on how to be a pro and how to yeah. how to elevate your game and everything. And I, I think, yeah, slight edge to Portland because they do get the better guy. But Yeah, if you're a kid in Atlanta, you're not too worried about him taking your job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, But, you know what, he'd be a good guy to learn from. Like you said, uh, that's that's a good good savvy vet. So. Exactly. And uh, I think what we're going to touch on now is we're going to look at uh, some free agency here. Uh, we've, we've got some predictions, uh, Jet and I both do, as, as to where we think some of, some of the big guys are going. And uh, so we're going to get right into that. And uh, we're going to start out with the guy whose leg exploded in the NBA Finals, unfortunately. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Uh, but we're going to start with uh, Kevin Durant, who uh, he's 30 years old. He's coming off averaging 26, 6, and 6 last year. And uh, Jet, where do you see him landing? Well, I mean, anybody that says they know where Kevin Durant's going is full of crap. Because, <laughs> frankly, like, the guy hasn't even talked to teams. Like, he, he's not even thinking about it. He's in his ho- or hospital room just angry at the world. But, honestly, man, I just think at his age, he's... 30, going to be turning 31. By the time he's playing basketball again, he's like 32 years old. So he could be making the Supermax in Golden State to stay, who's my pick to pick him, by, or to keep him, by the way. Um, he could be making Supermax money at like 30, what, 35, 36 years old? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, how do you pass that up? Yeah, I I have Golden State as well for him. Um, I actually think that it's going to boil down to they're going to pick KD over Clay, um, especially since both are injured. And I mean, KD gives them a chance to win more titles. I mean, they're not going to play him at all this year. They're just going to let Steph and Draymond go hard, maybe try and add a bench guy or two. They'll make a run to be, you know, like anywhere from the five to the eight seed in the West, but I don't really see them making much noise outside of that. And it's unfortunate because we both know with a healthy Kevin Durant uh, or Clay Thompson, for that matter, on the Warriors. I mean, they're they they showed in the playoffs even without KD that they're an elite team. Well, you know what I just keep thinking is you get a team at the top like like uh well whether it's the Lakers or Nuggets or whoever. Could you imagine first round? And you get the eighth seed Warriors who have a healthy clay now. Yeah. That would be so crappy. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I think that teams at the top would almost be tanking at that point, trying to avoid them just because they don't wanna they don't wanna mix it up with them. Yeah. And uh yeah, I don't know. Like you, you hear these rumors where I uh, they were reporting that the doctors got it wrong and they were pressuring him. I mean, I don't believe all that stuff. And I think his relationship with Curry is going to keep him there ultimately. The Draymond stuff was so long ago. And I mean, Draymond's a fiery guy that I don't think anyone really took that to heart too, too much. I want to say one point on the KD doctor thing. So I'm going to call it out right now. Hashtag fake news. This is fake news because... Not only did KD have word from the Golden State Warriors doctors, he had his own, like, personal doctor, check him out, and a third outside doctor. He had three doctors tell him, you'll you'll be good. Yeah. Like, what do you expect? I I think a lot of the speculation, too, was was the stuff that Iguodala said a couple days ago where the the Warriors doctors are known for a misdiagnosis. The thing is, though, with him going to see other doctors as well, I think it's... 
I think, yeah, hashtag fake news on that one. Well, and with Iggy saying that, though, I wonder how much of that is just, like, that's gamesmanship. And yeah. that's, and that's like, so they're playing the Rockets, right? And they're just saying, like, oh, Iggy might come back, you know, yeah. when, like, they know he's not. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so the next one we're going to touch on is uh, the, the king of Canada right now, and that's uh, Kawhi Leonard. You know, he's 28 tomorrow because, you know, all legends are born on June 29th. And I... Uh, <laughs> That's a shot at the fact that it's my birthday tomorrow as well. Uh, I think more people probably care about Kawhi's than mine, but, uh, you know, that's up for debate, I guess. Uh, so, Jet, where have you got uh, Kawhi the Claw Leonard landing? Uh-huh. uh, uh, uh. gets paid, and he gets paid in Toronto. He's the king of the north. This is easy. I mean, there's a lot of talk of, oh, he's going to the Clippers. Oh, he's talking to the Lakers. You know who's saying that? Every media source from L.A. <laughs> this guy, man, he's an enigma. And they think they can get in his head and say, oh, yeah, we know. We know. Oh, we're talking to his uncle. They don't know, man. They I, don't know. And this is a lot of money for a guy who already passed up on $30 million. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, you touched on the media thing. Like, wh- when you're seeing that, you know, all six of the top free agents are somehow ending up in either Los Angeles or New York, I mean... There's only a slight bit of bias there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's staying in Toronto. Uh, I wavered between him and the Clippers, but I actually think the Clippers are going to end up with somebody else. Uh, I mean, Toronto's done everything that they can to land him, and this is just my opinion. I think if you look at the three best Raptors players around him, which would be Lowry, Siakam, and Gasol or Ibaka, that's up for debate, and you compare that to the three best Clippers player currently on the roster, which is Gallinari, Lou Williams, and Montrez Harrell, I mean, to me, that's a no-brainer. Like, mm-hmm. I think that him staying there, you, like, sorry, but even adding Clay to that roster, that team isn't winning a championship. With everything that LA has done, and Houston there, and OKC, and if the Warriors, once they get healthy, and to well, me, I, I think it's just, he why stays... Would you, why would you go to the West? Like, it's there's 10 teams that could be well, in the top eight. I just don't know how you, you leave know. a championship team to, yeah. to end up on the Clippers. And, you know, there's reports on the Lakers, but if you thought the KD being a coward for going to Golden State narrative was bad, can you imagine Kawhi going to join up with two top five oh. players there? I just don't see it. So I think Kawhi also gets load management here. He knows that. he can He can get every you know, deal that he wants here endorsements and, wise. And that's exactly what I'm getting at with this whole East thing. He he has the privilege of sitting because a whole bunch of their games are against East teams that are like, yeah, you can sit 20 games because your team can go out there without you and win. Playing the Cleveland dumpster fires yeah, every you know, other night. Like, and, you know, uh-oh, they got the Pistons tonight. That's a tough game. Yeah. Like, yeah, I definitely agree on that. Uh, the next one, which is uh, someone that had been linked to KD for a long time. He's turning 27, averaged 23-7-5 last year. That would be uh, Mr. Kyrie Irving. Where have you got Kyrie landing? Well, I mean, only a guy that would think the earth is flat would think it's a good idea to go be the head of Brooklyn, but he's going to Brooklyn. Like, he, I don't know. what The Knicks have been awful for, what, like 20, 30 years, whatever it is, and they're still bigger than the Nets. Like, 
I don't know, man. Whatever you do, you. He's such a he's such a weird dude. I'm I'm done trying to figure him out. Whatever <laughs> you go. Uh, I've got him going to Brooklyn as well. I mean, he grew up in New Jersey, which has been you know something that they've reported a lot on. I think Brooklyn's actually a better team than people give them credit for. They were the sixth seed in the East last year. I think. I mean, you're replacing Kyrie with what would have been D'Angelo Russell's position. That's a that's an upgrade there, even yeah. if it's a little bit. Russell could be better down the road, but uh, that's up for debate, obviously. But I think Kyrie ultimately wants to be the guy, and I think he will be the guy in Brooklyn. Uh, They'll let Russell go, which he'll probably be making his way back to L.A. at that point. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Um, And so, uh, yeah, we definitely agree on that one. What about uh, the other leg blow-up in Golden State, which was Clay Thompson? I just love to bring up those those leg blow-ups, being that I was... uh, cheering heavy for the raps that's well i hope my bias isn't showing but uh i got clay also re-signing uh with the warriors um i honestly think it's more likely of the two of the warriors that uh clay stays to be honest with you but i I don't know it's so tough it's so tough man because like i mean we've watched the splash brothers for the last 10 years like it's so weird to think of a team that doesn't have that, you know, and to suddenly switch to this Steph KD thing where, like, it was sort of like Steph and Clay and Durant for the last three years. So I don't know. But, yeah, I, I got them all coming back. Um, then they're going to have a whole bunch of vet min contracts and stuff. But, you know, they I think they can make that work. So so, uh, so the, where I have Clay going is actually I've got him going to the Clippers. And people might be a little bit shocked about that. But, you know, I think the Warriors are ultimately going to choose KD over Clay. Clay wants the Supermax. He's made that very clear that if, if they don't offer it to him and other teams do, he's willing to leave. And, I mean, I think the only place that he would leave – is to head to Los Angeles. The Lakers, I don't think, can offer him the Supermax. As far as I know, they've only got about 32, and he could be getting paid 38 or 40. So I think that the Clippers are going to miss out on Kawhi. They're going to miss out on KD. They're going to miss out on Kyrie, and they're going to see Clay as the guy. Clay's a top-five two-way player in the league. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got three titles now. He doesn't have to prove anything to anyone. Some and I mean, people have called him the second-best two-way player. And, and I just, I look at it and I'm like, why wouldn't you want to go to the Clippers and finally show people what you can do? 37 points in a quarter, 14 threes in a game. He shoots over 40% from three and he comes up clutch in the biggest games. And I cannot wait for him to be in a Clipper uniform. <laughs> I'm banking on that one. Yeah. Clay to the Clippers. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> so uh, next we've got uh, Kemba Walker, who's coming off averaging 25, 6, and just over 4. Uh, where have you got Kemba going, Jet? Man, this is my favorite one because uh, we called all this stuff a day in advance. Like, literally everybody was talking about Kemba yesterday going to Boston, and you and I were discussing. It's tough to prove because it was over text, you know, whatever. But, yeah, we were talking about Kemba to Boston. How much sense that makes with Kyrie leaving. Kyrie is a head case. He's a weirdo. And uh, Kemba 
is one of the most beloved point guards in the game. Everybody respects him. Everybody likes him. Everybody feels sorry for him because he's been stuck under Michael Jordan's thumb. And apparently the guy was the goat of playing basketball and also the goat of not being good at owning basketball teams. (laughs) I, I mean, he lets his North Carolina love get in the way of drafting guys. We know that. Uh, for sure, but... But what a nice fit. Kemba and Boston, can you picture that right now? Like, Tatum, Brown, Kemba, who is willing to concede to guys. Yeah. And and uh, up-and-coming Hayward, who is, you know, feeling feeling a little better by the end of the year. Yeah, and I mean, Kemba's always been the guy. He's been the scorer facilitator. He's essentially had to do everything. But, I mean, in Boston, he can, he can give a bit more of the scoring load to Tatum and Brown because he no longer has, like, Jeremy Lamb as his second-best guy. I mean, he's a national champion. Dwayne Bacon. <laughs> yeah, he won a national title by himself. He led Charlotte's playoffs by himself. Now let's see him lead the Celtics on a deep playoff run with some help. Obviously not winning the title because as a Lakers fan, nothing would make me more ill than another Celtics championship. But uh, <laughs> Until you get another one, right? Until we get another yeah, one, yeah. and then you can flex a little bit. But <laughs> uh, And I mean, no Horford will be a shame for them because, I mean, they just couldn't come to terms with it. But... Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think we're both in agreement that Kemba to Boston would be a great fit. Um, next up, we've got Jimmy Butler, who uh, some have said he's he's a little bit tough to deal with. I mean, <laughs> yeah, j- Just a little bit. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to take the lead on this one because I think the 76ers is his spot. I don't think that Houston's going to be able to make this sign-in trade that they keep talking about. I mean, he is their second-best player in the playoffs this yeah. year. Like, Butler was was huge for them in that Toronto series. He was essentially the reason why they were still in the series because Embiid had, like, malaria or something because, like, that guy looked like he was just foggy the entire series. And, I mean, a healthy Embiid and Simmons, that's worked on his shot all summer. That'll be a great spot for him. Philly's going to pay him because they're not going to pay Tobias and they've got Redick expiring and... I just think he's going to stay there. And, I mean, if he wants a dysfunctional team, why go all the way to Houston when you can stay at home and stay in the dysfunction that is the Philadelphia 76ers? And, I mean, my thing is, so Jimmy needs the ball, right? Why would you leave a point guard who can't shoot and wants to give the ball away to James Harden, who's the most used player in the NBA? Yeah. No, that doesn't even make any sense. And here's the thing. So where you can go all the way back to, like, you know when Howard first, like Dwight Howard first went to the Lakers? Like, they had Houston tied to uh, to to Howard. Um, and then, uh, like, KD, when he was a free agent, oh, he's going to Houston. Oh, it's always, with Houston, they're always like that. They're always, yeah, oh, we're going to do this. Yeah, they exactly. Um, so next up, we've got, uh, Vucevic, who is, we had our template here as you had to be an all-star last year in order to actually be considered for these top free agents. I don't view Vucevic as that much of an all-star, but you can't take it away from the guy. He averaged 21, 12, and 4 last year, which only a number of big men in the game do. Uh, where have you got Vucevic going there, Jet? Nah, he stays in Orlando. He'd probably get offered more money there. Yeah. I've actually got him going to Sacramento, and uh, the big reason why is Sacramento's got some money to spend. I mean, they're looking they're looking for that one more piece, because they, they were hovering around that Western playoffs all of last year. It seems like they just needed one other, one other guy, and I look at Vucevic as a guy that, you know, they're going to have Fox and Heald and Bagley are going to get oh, their shots. Great young group. 
great young core. Yeah. I think uh, they obviously, as I touched on, they've got the money to spend. And I don't know. I just see Bagley can pay, play the power forward. You got Vucevic getting all the boards. If Sacramento can add a shooter or two, I think they're they're going to make the playoffs next year if this move happens. And they may even make it without it. Mm-hmm. But I've got them going to Sacramento. And the last one we're going to touch on is we've got Tobias Harris. Mm-hmm. Jet, where have you got Tobias heading? This one, like, so Tobias is a tough one just because he's uh, he's getting offers. Well, apparently he'll be getting offers from, like, everybody. Basically. <laughs> Anybody that's got space that thinks they're going to miss out is like, well, we'll get Tobias. <laughs> so, uh, I got the wildcard pick here because I'm going to play, uh, if it's me, I'm playing Doncic at the three, Porzingis at the five, and I'm sliding Tobias Harris in at the four. I just think that would be such a nice fit. Uh, he's fine with being the third option. He's, he was the fourth option in Philly and played great. So uh, I've got no problem seeing him there. And I think he would really help them get to maybe the next level. I do like Dallas as a, as a spot. But I've actually got him going to Phoenix. And, and here's why. So they freed up some cap room. Uh, they're currently rocking Kelly Oubre, whose most notable thing was pushing over uh, Kelly Olynyk in the playoffs and uh, Saric at the power forward. And I think no one will will be willing to pay Harris what he really wants. I see. Yeah. And I think Phoenix is going to reach, because let's face it, Phoenix is top three worst run NBA team uh, right now. And I mean, to be clear, I don't think Tobias is worth that kind of money. To be mm-hmm. honest, I would want him if he was 20 to 25 mil a year. I think he's going to be commanding like 30, 35 mil a year. But one team will pay him absurd money for 18 points a game. And Phoenix seems like the team that's going to do it. So I've got the Suns as, as the team that's going to go after him. Uh, I mean, currently they've got about 83 mil on the books. So I think they, they could offer him what he wants and... That's my spot. So uh, with that being said and where all of our predictions are at, I think we're both in agreement that the Toronto Raptors will be the biggest winners of free agency if they do retain Kawhi because, I mean, you're coming off a championship. You're keeping the best player who's going to play next year as far as free agents go because KD is Mm -hmm. better than Kawhi, Mm -hmm. but Kawhi will be playing basketball next year. And LeBron's not a free agent. I think they're retaining the best guy. Um, my other big winner of free agency actually is the Charlotte Hornets. Mm-hmm. And my big reason for that is they can finally do a full rebuild that they've been needing for a long time. I mean, they, they are over the cap. They weren't going anywhere with their current crop of guys. And with Kemba leaving, they'll slump back to the bottom five of the league and they can finally go after that number one pick and build the franchise from scratch. Because I, I did some research on this one, and since 2012, these are some of the guys that they've drafted. Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, second overall. Cody Zeller, fourth. Frank Kaminsky, ninth. And Malik Monk, 11th. These are some of the guys that they could have taken. Bradley Beal went at the third pick after Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. Oof. CJ McCollum went a few picks after Cody Zeller. Yeah. Miles Turner went two picks after Frank the Tank. And Donnie Mitchell went two picks after Malik Monk. Like, that one's a heartbreaker. So, like, to me, 
they need to clean house. They don't have the staff right now to actually scout clearly yeah, because, because to miss out on those guys. And these aren't even like dark horse players. No. These are coming a couple picks or a pick after yeah. and you're not hitting on them. Like, and to do that for five consecutive years is pretty tough. And yeah. I think just shows how. Yeah, to not hit on one. Like <laughs> you got, you got to hit on one of those. And uh, our big loser, free agency wise, I think is definitely the New York Knicks. I just did want to mention my other winner was the Celtics. Okay, yeah. that that's fair. Kemba, I mean, that's I, gonna be awesome. I mean, landing Kemba is gonna be huge for them. Yeah. And I mean, to me, it's it's the Knicks. Yeah. Like they're gonna they're gonna get no one. James Dolan still cannot get guys to go to the basketball mecca. Yeah. That is New York City, and they're going to have to rely on RJ and Kevin Knox. Book it right now. Boogie Cousins gets paid like 15, 20 <laughs> mil. Watch. But, I mean, you look at it, and, like, I think if KD hadn't got hurt, him and Kyrie to NYC could have happened. But I don't think Kyrie is willing to wait for him and suffer in New York. This is the best free agent class in years, and the Knicks aren't going to end up with anyone and you've traded away Kristaps Porzingis <laughs> to make cap room for a free agent. Although there are rumors that there's some other stuff going on there, but oh. I don't want to. I don't want to persecute the kid. No, so. that's it's just it's it's tough to, tough to hear. Yeah. And uh, we're gonna close out the pod by addressing a couple questions that we had come in from from some guys. Uh, the first one comes in from our buddy Pat. He wanted to know who are the dark horse teams to go from missing the playoffs to making it next year? Oh, uh, I'll let you take the lead on this one. Uh, uh, so for me, it. I definitely had uh, the Atlanta Hawks being the dark horse in the East. Um, with Vucevic leaving, I think that you know takes Orlando out of the picture. That frees up a spot, and I don't think that the Pistons are going to be that team. I see the Atlanta Hawks being the team to to slide in there with that young core. And uh, out west, I've got Sacramento, as I touched on earlier. I think that they're going to replace the Spurs. I just think that they're kind of aging, and I just don't think that it's the team that they're going to, uh, that they've had in the past. Right. Um, so I think I'm going with the Hawks. As um, well. Yeah. And probably the Pelicans, honestly. I know they're so young, but... Uh, Man, I don't know. There's just an allure of what's going on in New Orleans right now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Our next question came in from our buddy Dylan. He wants to know, is Devin Booker going to be with the Suns long-term or leave? Um, He's under contract until 2023-24, so technically he is. Will he ask to be moved? I think that's going to be determined by this next year or two. Uh, You've got Aiton in year two, Josh Jackson year three. You brought in Saric, drafted Cam Johnson. I think they're going to land Tobias personally, but if they don't, and I mean, if they go through another 25-31 year, he might be looking to get moved. It just might be a year or two away. What are your thoughts? Well, uh, the Suns are really good at, like, wasting good players, <laughs> basically. Um, I don't know, like, I, for me, it, it kind of comes down to his, like, personality. I don't, per, like, obviously I don't know him, right? But, uh it, like, maybe he's really good friends with Aiden, and they're like, man, we've got a good thing going. You know, just just stick it out. We got this. You know, you never know what's going on behind closed doors, right? So I have a tough time saying, like, oh, he's going to demand a trade. Like, that it, that usually doesn't happen unless it's, like, real severe. Yeah, definitely. Know? So 
Um, this one comes in from my buddy Cam. He wanted to know what the realistic projection for the Lakers is next season. I think we're both in agreement on this one. If they add another free agent, it's championship or bust. Yeah. With the current crop of players, they have to at least make the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. I think that they would still make the NBA Finals. I do want to clarify, though, this isn't your standard, like, brush-over answer. Like, we're not saying, oh, like, they have AD, so they're going to win the championship. It's nothing like that. It's just that they're all in right now, so it is championship or bust. It is... It's an expectation you, you, like, as far yeah, as the you, franchise You goes. basically can't fail, or none of this was really worth it. And the last one comes in from someone who wanted to remain anonymous. Uh, who is the most underrated free agent? Jet, I'll let you take this one. Underrated free agent? Man, uh, that's a tough call. Um, like, can I say Kemba? I, I think you could say Kemba, because I, I do think that him playing in Charlotte, not a lot of people watch him play. They see, yeah. they see him as an all-star. Um, um, although, like, if I... I don't know. It depends. It's either Kemba or Tobias because Tobias got buried under three stars, right? Yeah. My actually uh, underrated free agent was Mr. 50-40-90, who's an RFA this year, and that's Malcolm Brogdon. Um, He could be a really good piece on a championship team as I think a team is going to pay high on him, and I think they're going to get a great return back. Mm -hmm. So uh, that wraps up our first episode of the Shooter Shoot Basketball Podcast. Be sure to uh, stay tuned as, as we release episodes every Friday. Uh, time to be determined, but keep an eye out for it. And uh, Quick shout out to our boys at 3 Batter Minimum. They're great friends. They've got a podcast about baseball. They're awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah, they've definitely been uh, helping us get this off the ground. And uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in.